Welcome back. Glad to have you. Bill Michaels Show, hour number two. Talking Brewers, talking Packers, talking a little golf. Phil Mickelson not going to be a part of the Masters this year. Said he was deeply uh, sorry for the uh, the remarks regarding Saudi Arabia and calling them scary. And uh, he lost everything, man. In that, uh, I mean, because for those that didn't know, and I, I got some people saying, "Well, what the hell did Phil do?" He uh, he has an unauthorized biography uh, of him, and he did make some quotes to the editor or to the author of this book, and. Um, he said uh, that he was drawing up a working agreement for a breakaway league, as they called it, which was going to be financed by Saudi Arabia's uh, public investment fund. And uh, Mickelson described the Saudis as, quote, scary, and said that he was looking past their controversial human rights violations to gain leverage with the PGA Tour. So what he was doing, okay, this is, this is what it was. He was working with Saudi Arabia and their money to set up another tour because he felt that the PGA was not paying enough, was holding back, exploiting golfers, if you will. Uh, by the way, it's it always cracks me up that you get to the top and you've made all the money, hundreds of millions of dollars, and then it sucks. So he wanted to do something different to get more money. So he decided to get in bed with the Saudis and this public funding uh, corp or this public public funding issue, and start uh, another league that was going to compete directly with the PGA Tour. That he was then going to use his name to woo other golfers to come to, and therefore take away the credibility of the PGA Tour to where the PGA Tour would say, "Wait, don't don't leave us. We'll pay you more money." That's what he wanted, ultimately. So in doing so, he said he, that he, he didn't like doing business with the Saudis because they're scary people, and they've got human rights violations and such. But in the best interest of the money of the game, he was going to do it anyway. So in other words, he was going to, what he felt was going to sell his soul to the devil just for more money. So that's what he was doing. Well, you talk about pissing off a lot of people. So his sponsors... Callaway stopped. KPMG stopped. Amstel Light stopped. Workaday or Workday stopped. All of them ended their ended their relationships with him. Now Callaway said they are putting it on pause, but eventually you would assume that they're going to walk away from the deal. Usually, when they say they're putting it on pause, they have got attorneys working on an out clause. Okay, American Express has said, nope, we will no longer be the sponsor of your tournament. His own foundation has walked away from being associated with the Phil Mickelson tournament for charity. Everybody has, has left him over these stupid comments and what he was trying to do. He's always been somewhat outspoken and abrasive, and I'll say this. He can be nice and look nice on television and be nice to some of the commentators. One of the biggest asses I've ever met in my life. I put him up there with Vijay Singh. And Vijay Singh at times was nicer. For all the golfers that I've ever met, Phil Mickelson can be a total jerk. 
a total jerk. Really can. Very self, self-absorbed. Very self-absorbed. Um, so he said it, and now he is not going to be participating in the Masters as he steps away to sort things out personally. Um, I, You know what, Ben? In going back and thinking about this, the Masters might have stepped away from him in the sense of saying, hey, you're welcome to play, but we would prefer that you keep that controversy away from Augusta. That makes sense. Uh, Augusta's had its own controversy in the past about it, you know, admitting women. Remember all the protests that they had years ago uh, where they said, okay, go after our sponsors. We don't care. We'll pay for it ourselves. They had that kind of money to say, screw you, we'll, we'll do it ourselves. And they did. Um, they don't, they don't want this. They, they don't, they don't want this down there. He also so hasn't I, played for, I, I don't know, two months. So I think it yeah, could be the a, tour as well. Cause he's healthy. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, I think part of it's legit. He doesn't want to go out in public right now. He wants this to completely settle down and every event that he does not major, that he does not participate in. It just rips the bandaid off. It's, it's tearing the scab off of this thing saying, you know, hey, here it is again. Because every major tournament without lefty is going to say, here's the reason why he's not here. This is what he said. This is what he did. So now people want to read the book, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it is he, – he looks, he looks bad in many different levels. And uh, I can I, – you know what? It's funny listening to him talk – both behind a microphone and away from a microphone. Uh, and this goes back to a couple of years. Um, I, I've, I met him at the PGA champ, the first PGA championship held at Whistling Straits. The second, I got a chance to, the first one, I got a chance to cover him. I actually followed Tiger, Vijay Singh, and John Daly uh, on that first day. And then I got a chance to cover him a little bit later. Um, so you get a chance to hear him work on and off the course and such. And he's kind of an ass. Uh, but then at the U.S. Open, um, when all these guys were complaining about the setup and about the the course and, you know, some of them loved it. Some of them didn't. They just, you know, they Aaron Hills, they just, you know, they just got the best of and they it didn't turn out to be the, the very, very difficult course the way many thought it would be. Um, he was another one of the complainers, you know, just whiners about stuff and everything sucked. You know, when you're playing great, it's great. When you when it, you don't, you can play now about everything from the rough to the the fescue to the greens to you know it's it's everybody else's fault but your own. You know, they, they always say it's a very poor musician who blames the instrument, and uh, and he he's that way. So um, anyway, long story short, it just he's not the nicest of guys. So for all of this to happen, I can see him making an off the cuff comment and being kind of a jag. And it went into a book, and now he's being called out on it. I can see it. I the joke it. of it all is he kind of did a Jawan Howard apology. He said, I'm sorry for telling my publicist this, as opposed right. to saying, I'm sorry for getting in bed with people that commit insanely horrible human rights violations and have no ethics. Right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, yeah, it's not his fault. It's it's his fault that somebody else stated it and took his words. But, oh, well. Still his words. You got to own it. I'm kind of with him on blaming the instrument, though. 
because a lot of the times it is the club's fault. Um, so is that the reason you can say I, you know, I've seen people throw the clubs in lakes, beat the clubs into the ground, wrap them around trees. Nah, is that I don't, the reason we, we, we abuse the clubs? I don't have enough money to do that. I, I need See, I don't my clubs. Either. I don't either. I would, uh, I, I would, uh, if I had an old club, one that I knew I was about to get rid of, like I had an old driver, you know? And I just used it for the hell of it, and it yeah, I was terrible. Okay, I could see maybe beating the hell out of that driver just for the hell of it. But uh, for the most part, I'm with you. I I may get mad, but I don't throw clubs. Uh, I saw a buddy of mine throw his whole bag in the lake. And then a week later was just bitching and moaning that, well, oh, I can't believe I did that. You guys let me do that and thought it was so fun. Hey, it's not our fault. You're an idiot. But I, I've seen that. I've seen people whale stuff into lakes and ponds and and all that kind of stuff. Never understood that. That's a lot. I mean, if you got that kind of money, that's one thing. But that's a lot of money to go tossing into the lake. That wouldn't happen at all. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, as somebody who uses American Express, when I read what Phil Mickelson had stated... I immediately called my card company and said I would no longer use them. I'm somebody who believes in supporting sponsors who support good people. Uh, that is from Melanie. Melanie, I, you know what? Kudos to you, I guess. Thank you for the email. Kudos to you. I, you know, I, again, I've always said your money's your, your vote. Where you put your money is what you vote for. You know, if you really like something, you enjoy something, they give you good service, whatever, I'm sure you buy it, and you buy it because you like it. And whether it's restaurants or tickets or sporting teams or people to support, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell that was. Could you hear that? Uh, yeah. Something popped up on the computer. I have no idea what it was. What tabs are open right now, Bill? I've got like 30 of them. It's something off of ESPN. Oh, it's like the a, autoplay. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's the autoplay. Yeah. It's something off of ESPN. It's the worst it's, thing uh, that happened in our society since instant it, replay. It is a, uh, um, it's a video game. An ad for a video game that popped up. So, <laughs> just out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell? Um, let's see here. Ted says, I saw a guy wrap a driver around a tree and die from it when wrapped around and hit him in the temple. What? You saw a guy die on a golf course? Wow. I guess uh, you know if you if you hit a small tree and it bends and the head whips around and then hits you in the head, yeah, I I, I guess. How does the obituary wow. sound for that one, Bill? Right? You know, I no, you're the Earlier, experienced guy here. Or, yeah, I know. You'd have to write that one up earlier Saturday morning. While out playing golf, Fred Fickle, whatever his name would be, in a moment of anger, <laughs> struck a tree uh, with his driver, and the one wood turned and struck him back. <laughs> See, I would have to put a joke with that. When interviewed later that day, the, the driver said, take that. Your Fred had, he choked. 
Fred had no response. I hate to make fun, but damn. Wouldn't do that. I've seen a lot of stuff on a golf course. I've seen guys flip over golf carts. I never have understood. There's some golf courses that have very steep hills, okay? Going up and down, they tell you steep hill, whatever. But I have seen more guys sprint down a hill on a golf course, hit the middle of the fairway, lock up the brakes, spin the golf cart, and then a tip over. I have seen that so much. So much. I saw a guy one time drunk as hell one time on one of those, uh, as you're going down uh, kind of through the woods and such, and then alongside a creek, get to a bridge, and the bridge, instead of having railings, just has those little four-by-fours that are on each side to keep the tires in. Because it, it, the bridge does not expect you, the people you know building the bridge do not expect you to do 40 miles an hour locking it up on the bridge. But I have seen drunk guys hit the 4 by 4 and flip the golf cart into the creek. I've seen that happen. You know? Oh, Mark, that's good. Mark says the uh, obituary should have been, Fred died doing what he loved to do. There you go. That would be a kind way of putting it. Uh, but I've seen that. I've seen everything on a golf course. Seen all that kind of stuff. I've seen people that uh, took M80s and blown up lakes. And had fish f- f- flying in flying in the fairways. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say where, but there's a golf course um, within driving distance, and uh, yeah, they used to have an outing there every year. And my first few years in town, they uh, there was somebody would always bring M80s, and they would take these M80s and they'd wrap them up. And tape them together and then put a wick on them and had one of those waterless, waterproof wicks or whatever. Light it and wait and then throw it. And then just as it was dropping into the lake, boom, and there'd be fish and carp and crap <laughs> everywhere. Uh, and you always, you always know, you know, you always knew who did it because the, the same guy did it every year. But yeah, he'd blow fish out of the, out of the creek. Did your buddy's clubs come out of the lake too? No, no, no. There was a guy once. Uh, he, he had money. And this is back in the day when the first radio-controlled golf course. Have you ever seen those? Because uh, there's there's certain guys that like to walk the course. It's their exercise. But they don't want to carry the bag. So they've got the golf carts. But it's a radio-controlled golf cart. Have you ever seen that? It comes on like a key fob. And you can, you, you can work it with your thumb, like push it forward, push it back, whatever. And you can steer it with your thumb. And it, it you, you basically walks behind you. You ever seen that? I saw one on Sunday, and I was jealous okay. because we only the, walk, but we don't have those. Okay, the the remote controls of these golf carts they're they're pretty they're pretty cool. But a buddy of mine uh, saw this guy, and I, I don't know how exactly he did it, but he put the guy's um, like the key fob to his um, to his car. He switched it basically, and then as this guy started to walk. My my friend, the guy I knew, had the guy's fob, and they took the 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 uh, golf cart, the walk walk behind golf cart, and started to drive it a little bit. So the guy thought it was following him, and then he just veered it off course. And this guy was a let me say this: this guy was pretty hefty. Okay, he's probably about five eight. He was pushing at least three bills, maybe three twenty. You know, he's chunky monkey. And uh, then he veered it off course. <laughs> 
and it started heading down the hill and the and the little chunky guy turned around and saw his golf car was no his golf uh, bag was no longer following him and uh ended up uh, flying down the hill and it went right, right into the lake so there you go i've seen that before too stay tuned we got more of the bill michael show next Ready? this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Want to say thanks to the gang from Nice Ash, Joe Att, and the whole staff down there. Ah, they put on a hell of a show this past weekend. Had good bands starting on St. Patrick's Day and uh, had a great time down there watching the Badger game on uh, Friday night. That was fantastic. Place was packed. Good music in the house. And uh, over the weekend... Uh, fine, fine establishment as they put together uh, a nice package on Sunday as well. Unfortunately, the Badgers ended up getting beat. But if you're going to look uh, at supporting a local business, downtown Waukesha, 323 West Main Street, go to theniceash.com. That is theniceash.com. Hey, Erin, the bartender, congratulations to her, too, by the way. She got engaged. Yes, she did. She's off the market. She's having – you ever been to a, a circus-themed wedding, Ben? No, I have not. A circus-themed wedding. She wants. She wanted to ride in on an elephant. I'm like, where the hell are you going to get an elephant? But that's that's what what they're wanting to do. So, a thir- circus-themed wedding. I guess. What will you do? R- dress up all the groomsmen as clowns? Like they all come in in a small car, and there's like eight of them piling out of a smart car, something like that. I don't know. I'm, do? I'm kind of scared of clowns, frankly. That's what I'm saying. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I'm. You know, with, with a bunch of clowns standing up there at the altar, would that freak you out? That freak me Massive. out. Yeah, I have a set of the creeps on that one. What would you have them be? A bunch of people in top hats or something? Like you'd have to be as the groom. You'd have to be dressed as the ringmaster, right? That's what you'd have to do. You'd have to be dressed as the ringmaster, and then what? Everybody's in, like, sequin onesies? Multicolored suits? <laughs> I guess. Like the guy in the Joker? Yeah. I I have no idea what you'd come as, you know? Like the guy that does the, uh, you know, the high wire act? He's usually dressed in a sequin onesie with ballet slippers on, you know? Do they find, like, Siamese twins or something? I don't know. All the, all the, uh, all the bridesmaids... They all have beards. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're the the you know the high wire girls or the girls that kind of stand alongside the magician or something. You know, it's that they're all you know part of the freak show. They all come in with beards. <laughs> so. There's a there's a trapezist just swinging from yeah, the ceiling right? the entire time. The officiant is swinging from the ceiling. Just, you know, reading, reading everything out of whatever it is that it's the Bible or whatever, maybe a civil ceremony. I have no idea. That's you know. the, that's the person at the altar. That, that's yeah. how they get to the altar. <laughs> they, they they swing in. Yeah. I see. I think they should come up the middle of the aisle in a, in a smart car with like nine of them climbing out, you know, <laughs> crazy circus music, you know, that type of thing. Throwing instead of throwing rose petals or something down in front of the uh, bride, they're throwing peanuts. 
you know? Oh, I'm Something in for that like part. That. Yeah. Love peanuts. Right? And then the guy that walks out has that can on wheels, like the guy that cleans up the uh, elephant poop. <laughs> He's shoveling up as he leaves. <laughs> oh, my God. Congrats, though. There you go. Congrats to, to Aaron uh, down at the nice ass. She's getting married. Uh, our buddy Dwayne from Dwayne's Covered All says all the women are standing up. They have elephant trunks and have <laughs> one leg on a wash tub. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be fantastic. Did you guys hear any of that? No. Either that or all they're all standing up there with live snakes. Wrapped around their necks and stuff, you know, snake ladies, the snake charmers, something like that. You got to get married in a tent, right? A big red and white, big top type of tent. You got to put that in somebody's backyard, right? Pyrotechnics, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Got to be fine. You got to ha- you got to have hay everywhere. Everybody's sitting on on bushels of hay. Nobody's sitting on you know seats, unless you put bleachers in. You got to do it right if you're going to do it. And then instead of having a sit-down meal, you just everybody gets their own cotton candy, peanuts, Cracker Jacks, you know, kick back a couple of beers. At least if you get, you know, drink too much, you throw up multicolor. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's scaring the hell out of me. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations. If you go down to Nice Ash, say hi to Erin. She's uh, usually got the redhead. She's usually the red hair. Every now and then I think it changes colors, but... Um, yeah, I go say congratulations to her. So, uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, this is from Canvas Dave, who says, "So, uh, did the guy get pissed off that his golf clubs went into the water? Oh my God, he was he was out of his mind. When the golf club, he first of all, he's this little short kind of chunky guy, and he's running. He's he's just kind of waddling down the hill, and he's screaming." And you can hear him because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't realize that somebody else has got the controller to his remote-controlled walk-behind golf cart. And he's, <laughs> you can hear him screaming, shut up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the golf, I mean, the clubs hit like right on the edge of the, the there's like a little sand there. And the bag, the, the wheels hit and stuck and flipped over, and the, and the clubs just went flying. The clubs. No! <laughs> no! The balls, uh, had I mean, head covers everything. It was just, it was this big. And it, the worst was, it wasn't like it hit like a sandy beach and you could just pick them up. It hit the muck. I mean, mud. Like when he went to get them, he stepped in and he was like all of a sudden, you know, above his ankle in muck. And got him up. God damn it! Just. It was hilarious. Uh, I would not want to be on the receiving end of that, but it was hilarious. And then when he found out that it wasn't a malfunction, because he was going to sue the company, he was going to, I mean, it was just, he was mad as hell. And then he found out when he went to look at his remote control that it was really his car key fob, he knew somebody had played a trick on him, and boy, was he pissed. And nobody wanted to own up to it at that point. We all knew, but nobody wanted to own up to it. So they left his remote control on the table. Uh, near the uh, near the front auction table, and somebody then at you know at the podium later on after the golf tournament got done, they said, "Hey, we found a remote control up here to a something blah blah blah." And he he's he's got mud all over him. He doesn't have any socks or shoes on. He's walking. Up, That's mine. I don't know which all y'all did it. And he was just all oh, mad. It was pretty good. Ah, uh, 
Ted says, the funniest themed wedding that I've ever been to was a Flintstones wedding. Now, that would be good. I'd like that. You know why a Flint? You know why the groom likes a Flintstones wedding, Ben? Why is that? Because at the end of the night, you got bam, 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 bam. God. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go take something. <laughs> oh my god, it was terrible, and I just thought of it. Holy crap! Oh my goodness. The show has completely gone off the rails, my friends. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Try to right the wrongs that we have done here a little bit earlier today. Stay tuned. we got more coming up after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Thanks so much. As always, we certainly appreciate it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us? Uh, by all means, go ahead and do so. Um, got some uh, questions here about Josh Hader and whether or not the Brewers should be trading away Josh Hader. I look. I no. I know there's people that say, you know, ah, trade him away now while you get something for him. Why? Why would you want to trade him away now? You are on the cusp of the possi- a real possibility here of getting to a World Series, and you want to trade the best of, of your back end of your bullpen. Why? You're not building for the future anymore. The future's now. 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 You've got to do it now. Why in the world do you want to trade away Josh Hader? Am I wrong here, Ben? Not at all. Uh, no. I mean, it's uh, especially when you get to the playoffs, you need a Josh Hader. You need a guy like that that you right. give the ball to, even if it's not the ninth. If it's in the sixth inning and the bases are loaded, you got to get out of a jam. Without him, you're lost. And I've watched terrible bullpens for 15 years. It's it's the downfall of a lot of great teams. I, I just, uh, when you are right there on the cusp, you don't start trading away some of your best players. You just, the only way. The only way I'm trading away Josh Hader is if Josh Hader, this team just doesn't perform, there's a lot of injuries, he's banged up, then I'm going to say, you know what, maybe I would consider trading away Josh Hader. You know, then, eh, you know, maybe I would consider moving him at some point and if he can get something for him and start building towards the future. But for the most part, there's no way in hell I'm trading away Josh Hader. Not now. You just you just put the – this – is probably short of the first base position, probably going into a season, one of the most legit teams you've had in a while. Maybe going back to when they were in the uh, NLCS a while ago, but going back to the Zach Granke days. And you, 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 you go into, you don't, what are you going to trade them for? You know? What do you what, what what do you want to get in return that's going to put you over the top from where you are right now? That that ain't I, I that I don't understand. What are you going to trade him for? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. What do you what are you going to trade Josh Hader for now? You're hoping to get what a first baseman? Because if that's what you're hoping for, I don't. I 
I, I want a starting power hitting first baseman. But I still think Josh Hader's more valuable than um, a power hitting first baseman at this point. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Your thoughts. 877-867-1670. I would not. I mean, some of you might, but I would not. He also only makes $8 million a year. Right. Now you trade him forward. The problem is, is that eventually you're going to spend more money on him. He's going to be worth a chunk of change. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to try to work out a deal with him eventually. I mean, you you can't pay everybody. We know that as a small market team. Okay, between Corbin Burns and, and you know the pitching staff that this team has that they've been cultivating over the last few years is just nothing short of phenomenal. Woodruff and Burns and. Eventually, you know, uh, fastball Freddie Peralta. I mean, you look at Josh Hader, obviously, you're going to have to pay. Um, you, you know, Adrian Hauser, eventually, you're going to have to pay. You got all this, all these guys that are going to be coming up. I get it. Devin Williams, um, Brent Suter, you, all these guys, you're going to eventually have to pay. I, I understand that. Uh, Aaron Ashby's another one, you know. So you've got a lot of money coming up, but I just don't know that I'm right now going to trade Josh Hader away. I think you really screw up with what you got going on in that bullpen if you do that. And I'll tell you this, as soon as you do, you're going to have an injury. As soon as you we we it just that's the way it happens. That's like the 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 gods that get you back. You think you're getting better and they say, "Nope, probably should have hung on to that guy." As soon as you trade Josh Hader away, Devin Williams or Boxberger or Suter or Somebody's going down, or all of them are going down with some type of injury, and the next thing you know, you don't have a back end of the bullpen. And then it's back to, that's okay. We can do it with bullpen by committee. We'll do that. That's the way we'll do it. And that's exactly when you realize you don't have a closer. Because teams that say that, I've said that all along. It's like we talk about middle linebacking in, in, in Packerdom. We don't we we don't value that position. Then you get Devondre Campbell. We got to bring that guy back. Holy crap, he made us better. Oh my goodness, we've always valued that position. No, you haven't. You tried, but you never hit on that guy. And now that you got that guy, you're like, holy, this is, this is what middle linebacking's supposed to be. Who knew? Who knew? Okay, I get it. I get it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Hit us up. Good, good stuff. Um, Let's do this. A little bit early, but I'm going to take a quick break. Let's stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill out there on Pewaukee Lake. And uh, Ryan and his staff do a fantastic day. They had a bunch of stuff going on. 
for St. Patrick's Day. I was looking at some of their food that they had posted online. Oh, my God, it looks so good out there. But if you're looking for a good place to go, say tonight, you're going to go watch the Bucks game somewhere. Great place out on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in. That pig porker sandwich is fantastic. It sounds weirder than it actually is, but it's really good. They have good pizzas, too. Really good pizzas out there. But that's our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, right there by Muskie's Bait Shop. You can sit outside, overlook the lake if you want to brave the brave the elements. In summertime, it's beautiful over there. But uh, check out Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. If you want to give us a shout, let's get to the phone calls and put the show back on track, so to speak. Uh, let's go to Tom. Tom, welcome to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. What's going on, man? Hey, hey Bill, how are you? <laughs> Great today. What's on your mind? Good. Hey, I, did, I didn't get the call yesterday, but on that Badger game, and I, I, you know, I, I think good coaches make good decisions, but great coaches make adjustments at the halftime. And maybe I'm wrong here, and I'll listen to your response on it, but Johnny had no business having to bring that ball up. He, they had to do something else so he can get into his point and his positions to shoot the ball. And, and granted, they did miss a lot of shots, but – Using him as a point guard like that to bring the ball up, that was a bad call. Do you think that was a bad call to using him for that one? He he needs to get to his point so he can shoot. And everybody's yeah. on him bringing the ball up. You know what I mean? He, I think he made he, a very bad choice. He brought the ball up. Davison brought the ball up. There was numerous guys that did. I appreciate the phone call. When he... Uh, and Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. When when Johnny brought the ball up, it was usually the initial pass. Now, granted, it took a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds away from the shot clock. But then he would get into whatever the rotation of the offense would be, and then, you know, they would try to set him up. The problem was, and I don't think it really mattered that much, was wherever Johnny Davis was going to get the ball, whether it's bringing the ball up, whether it's trying to run through a screen, whether it was trying to get it into the corner, whether it was trying to get it at the top of the key, whatever it was, he was being double and triple teamed. I mean, they were collapsing on him. So maybe in bringing the ball up where he was one-on-one with the man that he that was, that was covering him at the time actually wasn't a terrible move because it at least gave him an opportunity to see the floor without having two and three guys on him the entire time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and it was probably the only option because, I mean, guard kind of has the keys taken away with Hepburn's injury because right. when Davison takes it up, we saw that last year, he is so much better as a two that can run off the ball. Right, Running the offense through him does not work well. They had to have Davis take it up, and the problem was then when they would get in to run the offense, like we talked about, the dribble handoffs would happen five, six feet further away from the basket because Chucky right. Hepburn was not there to do it. So I don't think right. guard really had a choice. Yeah, I uh, and I agree with you on Davison. I mean, Davison brought it up a couple times. Yeah, and they did it in some transition. They did it in a couple of fast break opportunities. It just they John wherever Davis was, he was not going to get an open look. That you could clearly see that was the defense they were going to play. So whether he was on point and being able to run through screens and maybe getting a split second for a catch and shoot, beyond that, they they smothered him pretty much the entire time. So. I understand what you're saying about bringing, uh, not having him not bring the ball up and allowing him to get set into his offense, but I, I tend to agree. They really didn't have a lot of opportunity there. It wasn't like somebody else was more astute at bringing the ball up. And it's just they just played really solid defense. And here's the other thing. They didn't shoot the ball where the damn, even when they had open looks. 
they were banging it off the back of the rim or the front of the rim or banging it off the glass or missing everything to begin with. It, it just, it was just a horrific, especially beyond the arc, it was a horrific shooting performance. It was just, uh, it seemed like when Chucky Hepburn went down, it just took the wind out of their sails. Everybody was just off. And give credit to Iowa State's defense for creating that. They were just off, unfortunately. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. hit us up? Uh, go ahead and do so. Um, the uh, By the way, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN writes, Wisconsin's offense before Chucky Hepburn and the injury, they were 8 of 17 with six turnovers. After his injury, they were 6 of 30 with 11 turnovers. So it didn't really matter who brought it up. You know what I mean? Talk about an impact player. And 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 I said this when we had uh, Zach Halpern on last, was it last Friday? I said this at the time. I said, look, the, I, I think the most underrated guy, he still gets a lot of pub, but Davis gets all the accolades. And the most underrated guy, I think, on that team that doesn't get enough credit was Chucky Hepburn for the way he plays, the way he handles the basketball, kind of the – um, you know, just the just the quarterback of the field. He just didn't get enough credit, but uh, you, you kind of saw what it was without him. And, and again, I like Greg Gard's comments at half when when Chucky had just gone down. He said, "Hey, look, we've had to do this without him before. The difference is, you never had to do it in the tournament without him before. You can sustain for a game or two in the regular season, but not uh, not the not the best of ways to go." I think the one thing that I look at Greg Gard and his performance that I'm not happy about, and this is kind of a, a pandemic across college sports, is they bench players when they get two fouls automatically in the first half to right. try to save them from fouling out, but then they're just fouling them out automatically by putting them on the bench. So Tyler Wall barely played. Then he picked up his third in the second half, goes back to the bench, and they just couldn't score when he, when he wasn't there. So that, that's the only thing. Aside from that, none of that is on the coach. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You want to hit us up uh, and give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, so, so here's the question. the Who else was behind Chucky Hepburn that was capable of bringing the ball up? They brought Davison. Davison did it a couple of times, but for the most part it was Johnny Davis. Are you going to turn it over to Jordan Davis? Who are you, who are you going to turn it over to? That that's that's what I want to know. Was there somebody else that you'd rather see do it? You know, Eric says, "Well, that's guard's fault for not having somebody behind Hepburn." Well, you only have so many guys. They did have Lauren Bowman, but he's been away from the team for a couple weeks. Right, he was right. the backup. I mean, who else would you who else would you spot. do that with? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. So who would you go for? You know, that that I mean, to say that that's, you know, that's the guy you should have. I have no idea. Thanks, guys. Yep. I got, I'm actually getting a little delivery here at the house. <laughs> guys from Colders are here. <laughs> Bucks fans, though, wearing Bucks gear. 
So oh. that was the uh, for those watching on the Bud Light live stream. That was the arms that you see. Oh, what do they think about <laughs> Wisconsin's horde shooting performance? Oh, they're already they're already out the door. They're all go bucks, go bucks all the time. They brought in. Um, I have, uh, and I had mentioned this a while ago, but and you were here. You saw the uh, the bar. Uh, there's an area in the middle of the bar where is vacant, and I've been wanting for a long time two really good just lounging leather chairs. And uh, to sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and watch the TV, the bigger screen TV in the corner. And I never had that, rather than sitting in a bar stool all the time. And so I went ahead and and uh, and and found these these chairs. They were floor models, and I got a pretty good deal on them because I just couldn't bring myself to spend a ton of money on leather furniture. Uh, but when they came up and they were on sale, I'm like, eh, okay, I pulled the trigger. So they were being delivered. And just now, <laughs> the guys needed a signature. So I'm like, you know what? I've always said it's like adults in a bar talking sports. Come on in. Come on in. I'll sign it. You know, no problem. So for those that are watching on the Bud Light live stream, you saw that. 877-867-1671. Uh, Hit us up. Do it. Uh, let's go to Rick. Rick, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, I talked to you once before. Hopefully my seatbelt doesn't ruin the conversation. Oh, okay. Anyways, the Badger game. Halfway yeah. through the first half, I'm going like their their fundamentals, their mechanics, just totally off. Now maybe you didn't notice it, but I'm looking for your opinion on their shorter shots in the paint, six, eight, ten feet. They were not elevating; they were just shooting it off the ground. I mean, if you, they call it a jump shot for a reason, you elevate it, it creates your rhythm by jumping and taking a jump mm-hmm. shot rather than a flat-footed shot. And then on their three-point shots. You got to square up when you take those things. Everyone was their, their lead arm. They were like 30 degrees, 45 degrees off of being squared up. And yeah, and shooting it. I mean, it was like, I was so frustrated. If I was a coach, if I can't call a timeout, I would have at halftime say, you got to square up on those threes and you got to elevate on your, on your in the paint shots. If you can't do those, we're only going to go to the big guys where we can maybe get some bank shots and jump hooks or something because they only scored, I mean, they only scored 49 points. I mean, against a, yeah, mm-hmm. their defense is tough, but I think their mechanics, right. something happened and there was no corrections attempted. Well, uh, Rick, appreciate the phone call. Here's the thing when you talk about the jump shot, okay, just literally just getting the ball up. Um, they were doing it quickly mainly for the fact that Iowa State was so fast with their hands. So fast. So it wasn't a matter of being able to, to catch and jump and shoot. It was a matter of sometimes dribbling, and you couldn't even get hardly to get the ball up, and you're you're just tossing it up. And I agree with you. Look, it, it, it wasn't fundamentally the best game. I mean, it was a very physical game. But if you like fast-handed defensive games, you love this game. You loved it. But they did not – there's nothing out of the ordinary here. This was a team that played scrappy basketball, that ran good set plays, that found ways to win all season long. So here's the question, okay? Because I'm I'm, I'm reading Eric says uh, guard will be exposed next season. This year was all about uh, the production of three or four players, uh, and two of them are probably gone. More just entered the portal. Next year will be bad. Okay, well, what if it's not? This year was supposed to be bad, Eric. You can't give Greg Guard credit for what they did this season? What is it about Greg Guard that people don't want to give the man credit? They were picked 7th, 8th, ninth in the Big Ten. And they won the big, they were co-champion of the Big Ten. They, they flamed out down the end. I, I agree with that. But you're not going to give any credit 
any credit for this season? He says, no. Well, then you're blind. Then you are a, an anti-Greg Gard guy, and you will find reasons not to say, I will give you credit, over reasons to say, I'll give you credit. And, and that's part of the problem when people do that, that because you're not, you're not looking at it legitimately. You're looking at it as, I'm going to find all the negatives. I'm going to point and say, aha. So they were supposed to suck this season. I guarantee you were one of these people that said, they're going to suck. Guard should be gone. He needs to be out of here. Look what happened in the offseason. Look at the audio tapes. Guys don't like him. He needs to go. And then he turned around, and now it's like, well, wait till next year. We'll wait till next year. When he doesn't have anybody, wait till next year. And that's what it is. Nobody's being a guard apologist. The bottom line was he was expected to do this, and he did this. You give him credit. Next year, maybe it's different. But otherwise, that makes you completely biased, and it is what it is. And that, that you have no credibility. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? By all means, do so. Look, I like Greg Gard. I think Greg Gard's a tremendous coach. He has won Coach of the Year two of the last three seasons. He's done a lot with what he's had. Maybe there's been some disappointment there. I can say, okay, if you want to nitpick, we can look at certain things. Absolutely. But the bottom line, he's a hell of a coach. When your expectations are really low and you not only exceed expectations, but... You win the Big Ten. Uh, okay, you're just anti-guard, and we'll just live with that. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. Two more hours of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.